0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Missing in the Desert podcast. I want to thank um, all of my regular listeners who have been patiently waiting for this next episode. Obviously, the beginning of 2020, um, these past six months, have been a very wild ride for the world, myself included. It caused me to have to take a little pause in recording this uh, podcast, but We should be back on track now, so I'm glad you're back. And to any new listeners, I do encourage you um, to go back to the first case that I talked about on this podcast with the case of Christy Stewart, because it does directly relate to this case I'm currently covering, which today's episode was part two of the case of Christina Bastian. So without further ado... I'd like to continue now talking about Christina. Christina was a young teacher in Apple Valley, California, um, in the high desert, and she went missing on November 1st, 2015. Um, again, yeah, listen to part one of this case uh, before this one, and also relate it back to Christy Stewart, the very first case I covered. And the similarities to the two missing women is something hard to ignore. At the end of episode one of this case, I said we would dive into the various possible sightings of Christina that occurred after she went missing, as well as talk about the reasons I feel she didn't simply walk out of her life. So that will be the focus of this episode. As mentioned previously, Christina had been to a church event on Halloween night in 2015. She went from the event to stay at a friend's house that night, she had been nervous about staying at her own apartment alone due to a break-in the week before. For some reason, she leaves her friend's house at about 1.45 a.m. on November 1st, and that is the last time she is seen. Searches and investigation immediately following her disappearance did not yield any results. In January of 2016, there were reports of a possible sighting of Christina in the Yucca Valley area possibly tied to a homeless camp near a Walmart shopping area. Family and friends did go out to this area to search for Christina, taking pictures and flyers along to show people working in the area as well as some of the homeless people in that camp. No one could confirm with any certainty that Christina was seen in the area. In April of 2016, I should back up for one second and say that there was a woman That was homeless in that area that a lot of people um, had pictures of. Some of them even had posted on the Looking for Christina Facebook page that they thought this might be her. Um, The only real similarity she had to Christina was her hair. But it was very clear to Christina's family that this was not the same woman. So, you know, if, if that was the woman they thought could be her in Yucca Valley, i mean it definitely was not so that really did sort of cancel that sighting out now in april of 2016 interestingly there was an event organized to look for christina christy stewart the missing woman who was the subject of our first series another missing woman from san diego and a missing young man from san francisco the flyer for this event stated that three of them were mentally ill and the other had a brain injury It is true that both Christy and Christina suffered from bipolar disorder and the other woman had some form of mental illness, according to her family. The young man had suffered a brain injury due to a fall. It was thought, for reasons that are unknown to me, that they were all possibly living homeless in the Santa Monica, Venice Beach areas of Southern California. Now, it's never really explained anywhere why this was a thought process, that You know, the missing woman that was not from the high desert, there was some sort of paper trail that led to police thinking that she could be in Santa Monica. But to my knowledge, there was no such paper trail or any sort of evidence that Christina or Christy made it to that area, ever. Um, I have spoken to both Christina and Christy's parents in the past, and none of them mentioned this as being a possibility. We now know that Christie's remains were found close to where she went missing in the Apple Valley area, so there would seem to be little weight to the possibility of either her or Christina being part of the Beach Homeless Community. In June of twenty sixteen, there was another lead that possibly had that Christina had possibly traveled to the Portland, Oregon area, but it was determined that it was not Christina after all. The last possible sighting I am aware of happened in July of twenty eighteen. Someone had posted to the Facebook page dedicated to finding Christina, stating that she thought she might have seen her in the Yucca Valley 29 Palms area. As in earlier sightings, nothing further came of this lead. I spoke with Christina's mother in March of 2019, and there hadn't been any new sightings at that time. At this time, I just want to mention that something very similar occurred when Chrissy Stewart first went missing. There was a sighting of someone with a similar description to Christie sighted near a homeless camp in a shopping area, as well as another claimed sighting that didn't turn into anything substantial. I think this happens often when someone goes missing, and people see someone with similar features and description, especially in their homeless camp areas. Curiosity coupled with wishful thinking can lead to many of these sightings. Sadly, in these cases in particular, they didn't lead to anything. And I guess I can further add to that, that especially in cases where the missing person has a mental illness, I think that, you know, much like people will assume that it, the mental illness means that, oh, well, they're really not in any danger. Well, first of all, you know, statistics will show you, and I mentioned this with Christy as well, that people with mental illnesses actually have a higher incidence of being the victim of a violent crime. So, that does actually and should escalate their uh, missing status to an urgent situation instead of a voluntary missing, for instance. And the other thing is they also automatically assume that their mental illness caused them to walk out of their life and they end up homeless. That's a really big automatic assumption. Um... It's like saying, you know, someone with diabetes who goes missing that it must have been their diabetes that, oh, they, you know, wanted to change their lifestyle and just walked off and left. You know, this, this really doesn't make sense. And it's not to say that no person who is out there homeless has a mental illness. It just, I don't think you can automatically connect those dots so quickly without an investigation. So when I did have the opportunity to talk with Christina's mother in 2019, I wanted to clarify a few things. She stated that she hadn't seen anything put out there in the media regarding Christina's disappearance that wasn't factual. I also wanted to ask her why Christina, much like Christy, had been weaned off her medication for bipolar disorder shortly before her disappearance. According to her mother, Christina's doctor had wanted to change her medication due to some issues with her liver. Now... You know, um, let's see, where, I, where am I with her liver? Okay, at the same time, her mother, who was a pastor, had prayed for Christina for something else. And Christina became convinced that she was cured and did not need a new medication to treat her bipolar disorder. And apparently, Christina's doctor approved this. There were a couple of things that I found notable that came from my conversation with Christina's mother. She confirmed that her dog, Coco, was indeed a therapy dog of sorts for Christina. She had gotten her on the recommendation of her therapist. She very much loved Coco, and it was hard for me to imagine that she would take her dog with her to her friend's house and keep her with her, only to let her go running in the streets because she was going to walk away from her life. Another thing uh, was that Christina was very close to her nieces. They had a very special bond, and her disappearance has had a profound effect on them. By all accounts, Christina was a very loving person. She may have struggled with her mental illness, but you don't form close bonds with people or animals without having that loving, caring nature. So the thought for me, at least, of her walking away from her life and leaving her nieces devastated or leaving her dog abandoned in the streets just doesn't fly with me. Yeah, it, I know this area. Where her dog was running is one of the busiest um, highway roads that we have out here. And people speed down this road every single day, all day, all night. There are many accidents on this road. For her to just say, okay, while well, I'm leaving in here, you go run free. You know, if she was going to just walk out of her life, she could have easily taken the dog with her. So this just doesn't track for me in any way. Now, people do um, handle things differently, of course. And people with mental illness can do some things that we wouldn't expect. So, you know, I'm not um, saying that everything is impossible for this or that. I just think that the circumstances of how all her belongings were found in various different places and her dog running in yet another different place, this does not speak to intention to me. Now, I do speak with some experience on this topic, as I have a family member with bipolar disorder. No matter how depressed, manic, or paranoid this person might become during a bipolar episode, um, what grounds them is family is this person's very own therapy dog. And I can tell you with complete certainty that she would never, ever leave this dog behind. Uh, unless sh- something was happening to her against her will. So I can't imagine that happening. And so that is why I have my feelings on this in particular with Christina. Uh, people do handle it differently. But the circumstances are, are this. Her, her vehicles and belongings were found in three different places. Her dog found in yet another place on a busy highway. And her nieces were everything to her. So, even if she had walked out of her life, let's say, um, can I imagine her not wanting to let even her nieces know that she was okay if she wasn't on speaking terms with her family, for instance? Um, I, I think it's more likely that something else was the cause of her being missing. There's also something else I feel warrants a mention here. In the beginning stages of Christina's disappearance, her mother gave an interview on a local news channel. This was a video I hadn't seen before. I did uh, the first part of this on a missing persons case on Christina. So the newscaster asked her about Christina being off of her medication and if that had anything to do with her being missing. Her response is what really got to me. She responded by saying, It's possible, but there are bad people in the world indicating the possibility of foul play. After a time, it seems that the thought process went more along the lines of Christina simply walking out of her life. Obviously, I can see why it would be preferred to imagine her out there living a new life rather than something terrible happening to her. I definitely get that. I know there were many theories of what could have happened to Christy Stewart as well, with much hope directed to her being alive and maybe just dealing with her mental illness. I wish that had been true. I've had several conversations with Chrissy's family about it. And when her remains were found, it was a devastating blow. They had hope all up to that point that, you know, they were still going to obviously get their daughter back. And I, I thoroughly understand that. There's still no known cause of death in the Chrissy Stort case. And with hers and Christina's disappearances only seven months apart under such similar circumstances, it begs a question of a connection that is a question that may never be answered unfortunately um, i mean no disrespect to the detectives handling these cases but i can say that in the particular area of the high desert in, they do not put as much of an emphasis on missing persons cases as they do on all the other crime that goes on up here and there is a lot of it but. It does seem like, in these two cases especially, it, it was definitely more thought of as here are two mentally ill women who probably just took off and are living homeless somewhere. I mean, that's a nice, neat bow to put on something. But it certainly hasn't helped the families. That is all the information to date available in the missing persons case of Christina Bastian. I can't shake this case no matter how much time passes. I, I, like everybody else, hold out hope that Christina will return to her family one day, unharmed and ready to be back with her loved ones. My question to you is, what do you think happened to Christina? If you have any information on this case, please contact the detective listed below. You can comment here as well and let us know your thoughts. I wish I could say that there were no other strange disappearances in my area to keep this podcast going. Unfortunately, that is not the case. Our next episode will begin a series of missing cases in our area that involve missing men. While Christina, or I'm sorry, Christy Stewart and Christina Bastian's cases happened just months apart in 2015, there were two cases of missing adult men that happened just months apart in 2017. They were close in age. Uh, One of their vehicles was found abandoned very near to the home of the second missing man. And one of their remains were later found while the other is still missing. Sounds a little familiar to me. Stay tuned for more Missing in the Desert. Thanks for listening.